On tonight's episode, live from the Bell House, we discuss Suicide Squad. <laughs> but Dan, this is going to be our shortest episode ever because that movie was really good. <laughs> All right, got it in one. <laughs> Welcome to the Flophouse. I'm Dan McCoy. Uh, <laughs> I'm Stuart Wellington. Chain rattle, ghost sounds, Halloween sounds. I'm Elliot Kalin. All right. Number one, inappropriate. That's not... <laughs> what? Why don't when did you become the arbiter of appropriateness, Dan? <laughs> it's not near Halloween. I don't understand what that was about. Who knows when people will listen to this? Yeah, fair enough. Number two... What if, uh, what if this is on Billy Pilgrim's iPod, and he's like, oh, it wasn't Halloween when I started listening, but now it is. I fell through a time warp or something. Yeah, you're right. It's probably on fictional character Billy Pilgrim's iPod. <laughs> yeah. uh, guys, uh, true story. Because we're, because we're in front of a bunch of people... Uh, when we were doing the introductions, I momentarily forgot my own name. That happens. That happens. Look, yeah. It's okay. We'll work through this together. Is that what you do when you, like, stare off into the distance uh, and get silent? Do you just uh, think of your own name? <laughs> Let's not talk about the dark places okay. I go to. <laughs> hey, Dan, so... What do we do on this podcast? All right. <laughs> Thanks for asking. Your ask- name is Dan. Thanks for asking, Elliot. Uh, this is a podcast where we watch a bad movie and then we talk about it. Uh, do, that, we, do we usually have so many people in your apartment, Dan? <laughs> uh, I don't know where they came from and they won't leave. <laughs> uh, but we're glad that they're here to listen to us talk about Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad. <laughs> Suicide. Keeps getting funnier. Squad. La Squada. Yep. Di Suicito. Suiciti. Which sounds better fake Italian. <laughs> this was a movie. Squadum Suicidum. All right. Was, was it a movie, Dan? Uh, this was a movie that... Are you sure this was a movie? <laughs> and not like a trailer for a video game? <laughs> Funny you should talk about trailers, because a lot of people thought this was going to be a really good movie based on the trailer. The trailer... Made it look like a fun lark. Now, a romp in the Guardians of the Galaxy. Now, uh, people talk vein. about, people say stuff like that as if there was a betrayal involved. <laughs> as if the purpose of a trailer wasn't to make you want to go see a movie. As if the trailer should have opened with a voice saying, In a world where movies are often disappointing, <laughs> get when, ready for another. When did these commercials for movies become so commercial? <laughs> <laughs> When even as a, as a wee babe, my father would tell me, eh, they put all the best parts in the trailer. He stopped saying that the day we went to see a movie called Gremlins to the New Batch. <laughs> because there were too many good parts to yeah, fit in a trailer. Yeah, they would have to play the whole movie as the trailer. Yeah, 
And then, of course, you're like, I don't need to see the movie. I saw all the good parts. And, and Joe Dante's like, rats, my residuals. <laughs> this is the only audience where a mention of Gremlins 2, the new batch, is a pander. <laughs> mm-hmm. I know our crowd. So, Dan, a lot of people saw this trailer and they said, that's going to be a fun movie. Mm-hmm. It looks like it's got jokes, it's got folks, it's, it's got spokes on wheels. <laughs> it's like a hot topic brought to life. With... <laughs> And animated, and man, there's all my favorite characters. All there's my fa- well, uh, here's well, oh, Will wait. Smith and the other guy. Again, you're and saying that like as a joke. People do say, "Oh, Will Smith's in that movie." <laughs> no, I like a him. Huge star, Dan. That's why you put stars in movies. You're questioning the underpinnings of the film business. <laughs> I'm like, this is a new thing. Oh, they just put that big star in that movie to get people to go see it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they put Viola Davis in it, so it's gotta actually be decent as opposed to terrible, I guess. Hmm. Hmm. That's where the thesis falls apart. Sure. Uh, why don't you tell us a little bit about this movie, Elliot? I'll tell you a little bit about it. So Suicide Squad imagines a world where superheroes are real. <laughs> but they're wow, not, you're but shaking me to the core. Wait, are we ready for such a thing in 2017? <laughs> now, Suicide Squad is the latest chapter in the DCMUS, the DC movie universe stuff, mm-hmm. in which DC says, looks at Marvel and goes, hey, I want that. <laughs> And so recently, this will show when we were recording this, recently uh, we covered Superman v. Batman, Mm -hmm. uh, Justice of a Nation or something. And it posited a world where superheroes are kind of violent, grim figures who are always beating each other up in abandoned men's rooms Mm. and like just killing each other left and right. But for Suicide Squad, they they had made a twist. They said, what if the heroes are really grim, violent guys who kill each other? (laughs) That would be a crazy twist, right? Yeah, Nothing like the previous movie we just made. But ironically, like the bad guys in this movie are they're much, much lighter than there's a much smaller, Superman and Batman. A much smaller body count for the villains who are turned heroes in this movie than for Superman, who <laughs> who destroyed a city and did not seem to care. No, well, yeah. Well, stuff it's to do. it's strange because this movie also sets up the idea of forming a elite team of villains turned, I guess, heroes. That's also a ragtag squad of underdogs. It's based around the idea that, like, what if a superhero showed up? that isn't a good guy. And I'm like, I thought the government already thought Superman was a bad guy. They nuked him in space. Yeah. (laughs) So anyway, Suicide Squad. This movie has roughly 17 openings. Mm -hmm. We're first introduced to... uh, Let me try to dig through the onion of layers back to the beginning of this movie. Deadshot. Deadshot. We're introduced to... So here are the characters. To the House of the Rising Sun. There's a music cue for every Every fucking character. The music budget for this movie must have been enormous. Every, they must have said, I mean, I guess it's a Warner movie, so they just flung open the doors of the Warner Library and said, go hog wild. Put in every southern rock hit and every rap hit you can imagine that's as on the nose as possible. There's literally, what, uh, when Joker comes back, they're literally playing like Shady's Back and stuff like that. Like, it's ridiculous. Uh, the, uh, but anyway... Uh, Deadshot. He's a super assassin. He, his special power is... <laughs> he can use he's a gun. really good with shooting people. <laughs> Harley Quinn, the Joker's girlfriend, her special power is she hits people with a bat. <laughs> Killer Croc, actual special power. He's like a crocodile man. <laughs> Captain Boomerang, special power. Throws boomerangs. He's got boomerangs, guys. <laughs> Watch out. Watch out, America, because boomerangs are coming for you. <laughs> they're going to come at you, and then they're going to fly back around. So I thought that's what America was. Fear, I guess. <laughs> I thought America was looking out for boomerangs in the '80s when Yahoo Serious and Crocodile Dundee were at their peak. 
That's right. They and were terrorizing and the stuff. nation. <laughs> yeah, those two guys. Were just, it, Yahoo Sirius just walked across the shore in the Pacific, and Crocodile Dundee made land in Manhattan, and they just walked through the country, <laughs> yeah, yeah. spreading boomerang-based terror until yep. they reached the middle. Whoever wins, we lose. Yeah. <laughs> uh, who, and there was El Diablo, who has fire powers, mm-hmm. and who there's a, everyone gets their backstory told, their backstory told again, and like an introductory powers dem, demo scene, and it's like the movie thinks that you're the movie is like, look, this movie was for people who got hit on the head a lot. <laughs> <laughs> we got to keep reminding them who these characters are. How are they going to remember that Killer Croc is the guy with crocodile skin? <laughs> And how are they going to remember that Harley Quinn is the one woman until Katana literally walks onto a plane and they go, oh yeah, Katana's on the team too. Yeah. <laughs> or like Slipknot, who has a few minutes in the movie, literally all the bad guys that we've seen up to this point, they all got their backstories told. And each of their backstories is like a miniature movie where they removed all the, all the connective tissue so that you don't really know what happened in their adventure suddenly shows up. And I'll tell you this. There's a lot of potential in something like that. It's like how in every James Bond movie, it starts off with a little mini-adventure, just to remind you, who's this James Bond guy? Oh, yeah, the coolest guy in the history of the world. <laughs> uh, now I remember. Okay, titles, and let's get on to the real story. It's, it's sli- like Slipknot, by the way, though, gets, like, one line, like, he, he just gets one line of dialogue, which is... He walks off a car, he, like, opens a car door and steps out while and, the villain And someone says, oh, that's Slipknot. He can, he can climb anything. <laughs> yeah. He then, so he then proceeds to punch a woman in the face. Yeah. And then as soon as they get to their mission, he tries to run away, and the grenade that they've embedded in his, in his nanograde in his neck blows up, and he's dead. So we'll get to the nanogrenades. But essentially, so here's what... Sorry, Stuart. Stuart, Stuart really became attached to Slipknot in the marketing campaign preceding the film. So Slipknot is literally the Mikey likes it of this movie. <laughs> yeah, bring Slipknot in. He can climb anything. Let's try the nanogrenades on Slipknot blows up his neck. Hey, it works! And I mean, villain but it, tested But at least he approved. has a clear ability. Like, when they bring Harley Quinn in, they're like, she's a wild card. Yeah. <laughs> she's well, got she's, uh, crazy powers. She's, uh... I mean, she's in a constant... When the point in a movie where someone's really gotten the shit beaten out of them and they're almost dead, and then the bad guy goes like, oh, will I keep you alive to see your wife killed first? And puts a gun to the wife's head and suddenly you get anger strength and your wounds instantly heal and you get the strength to throw that guy off a building? That's Harley Quinn all the time. <laughs> Who, uh, who's playing that villain? That's yeah. them, is that uh, Chucky Udo Kier, Clearly, Clearly it's Udo Kier <laughs> doing an impression of a guy who does a bad Udo Kier impression. <laughs> wow. He's a very talented actor. Layers so, upon layers. These characters are introduced to us numerous times. The first 45 minutes of the movie... Uh, now, there are a lot of movies where they're putting together the heist team, and it takes a long time, and that's great. This movie takes like 45 minutes to explain the same five characters over and over again. <laughs> Get it? Okay. Here's what they're going to do. I mean, do. this movie thinks that it, it's me at a party where you, you know, you tell me your name and then five minutes later I'm like, I have no idea who this guy <laughs> yeah. is. So they're all at some crazy, some crazy supervillain prison down in Nolans. And what's it? What's your problem with names, Dan? <laughs> Yours, I... other people's? <laughs> <laughs> you make a good point. <laughs> I should probably see a neurologist. <laughs> Now, Viola Davis playing Amanda Waller, the, the toughest character in the comics because she has no powers, like most of the heroes in the movie. Uh, she, is, she puts together, it's her idea to put together this Team X of 
the worst of the worst. Again, not as bad as the real heroes in the universe who destroy cities, but the worst of the worst and put them on one team to go on missions where they're easily expendable and there's a lot of uh, plausible deniability because it's like, oh, that monster destroyed a city. Someone stopped him. Uh, I must have been some bad guys yeah. who fought with him and they died. Yeah, we when she approaches it. the government, she's like, hey, check out this amazing video of a guy and it's just this kind of boring video of a bunch of people being set on fire. She says something like, the video is incredible. And then it's like the worst looking after effects, fire effects. And there's also her first agent, Enchantress, an archaeologist who discovered some evil sorcerer witch's heart and opened the bottle it was in and the, intra- mm-hmm. the sorcerer witch took over her body and now... She's like now she looks like the girl from the ring and she like just, in a bikini she hangs out and she like makes out with Joel Kinnaman the new RoboCop and it's again and this movie operates in a universe where unless your name is Viola Davis you have to wear some kind of outfit that shows your belly or has your butt hanging out of it for all the time cuz Harley Quinn's costume is basically like the smallest shorts you can make without them being not shorts anymore and they're just underpants and the Enchantress, who's the super powerful, uh, you know, demon wizardess, is just like dressed in a bikini, basically. That's how they dressed in the olden days, Elliot. Good point. <laughs> the, the olden days of the, what, 80s spring break, I guess? <laughs> yeah. That's the one power she doesn't have, is to spirit up more clothes. She can't do it. <laughs> oh, man. She can't do it. It's like Spawn. <laughs> so Enchantress sets some plot in motion. She escapes, and she sets some plot in motion that involves turning a regular guy into a giant gold monster man with tendrils that come out of his hands and hit people. Yeah. And when they do that, they, he, she also turns regular people into kind of like black mold blob monsters that, and uh, who are actually much less effective than regular people would be at fighting. <laughs> and, she's, yeah. and her plan involves, and this is something you've never seen in a superhero movie before or any movie before, opening up a portal through which <laughs> a blue portal with a beam of light coming out of it through which something... Yes. I don't know. I honestly couldn't tell something was going to come out, go through, explode. What was? I don't remember what the portal was. I don't know. I don't know. She goes. She's like building a weapon, and she says to Viola Davis later in the capture. She goes, "Now tell me how to destroy your forces." And it's like, (laughs) I don't know, blow them up or something like this. Bullets, dude. We don't have vampires. Human beings. (laughs) You can just like pretty much anything kills us. Like, you don't need to like look on our Wikipedia page to figure (laughs) out how to like what our weakness is. Get that issue of National Geographic with the article on humans. What's their weakness? <laughs> I don't know. Cut their Achilles tendon or something? I don't know. Gross. Just, just, just try some shit. <laughs> so Entrantress goes nuts in Midway City, which I am not a DC fan enough to know if that's a real DC fictional city. I assume it is. There's a lot of little Easter eggs in this movie for the DC fans, such as the moment when uh, Harley Quinn is thinking about her boyfriend, the Jokemer, played by... <laughs> Or played, Jared Leto. Played by Jared yeah. Leto in what's essentially... Uh, the he gets mid- almost no introduction. It's kind of crazy. It's the Joker. The, the, okay, this is the biggest name character. In a movie with in the, all introductions. I guess it's not the biggest name character because Batman is in the movie. Batman, Batman just kind of shows up and punches people and then walks away. <laughs> and the Joker, he just cut, they just kind of cut to him and he's like, hey, and then that's... <laughs> Like, there's no big buildup. Every time the Joker appears, they just cut to him like, oh, yeah, he was in that scene, too, the Joker. The jo- I mean, the Joker feels like he's visiting from another movie. Like, he's just like, oh, I thought I'd stop by Suicide Squad. What's going on in here? Not much? Okay, gotta go. Because, like, he, he is completely extraneous to the plot. Like, he keeps showing up and trying to save Harley Quinn, but he is bad at it. Like, every time she, like, he's in a helicopter and the helicopter gets blown up and she's like, okay, well, I'm back again, guys. Uh, I guess I'm 
can I still be part of your squad? Is that okay? Uh, but there's a moment where... so let's... Every scene the Joker looks like he just showed up from attending a party viewing of uh, the Baz Luhrmann, Romeo and Juliet movie. <laughs> he dressed up for a midnight screening of Romeo plus Juliet. <laughs> yeah. And he's, and he's like, oh, I'm so busy, I don't have time to change. <laughs> I guess I'll just have to keep wearing this tuxedo unbuttoned with no tie. Yeah, and that's my gold crazy, cap, right? My silver cap teeth and, my, and my, uh, all my tattoos. But uh, he's, he's a pretty lackluster joker. And I guess you do get the sense that Jared Leto, they just decided they didn't like him and they just cut him a lot out of the movie. <laughs> he's still well, in the movie a fair amount, but it does feel like... When you send guest starring, used the condoms to your co-workers... As a way of getting into the character as the Joker, I think that you like the think that, best you can hope for is being cut from the movie. <laughs> I think I think that points to his misconception of the Joker character, because the Joker, let's just call him what he is. He's the clown prince of crime. The guy's always give him say what you will about him, homicidal maniac. He loves to laugh, and he is at least he's having a good time, and he's not afraid to do it. Uh, he just wants to pull everyone else into the party. Look, it's the Stop Joker. Stop selling us the Joker. <laughs> Look, I'm just not sure if you guys have heard of this new character, the Joker. I think he's got a lot going for him. I mean, he has no powers, and he's basically just a clown that kills people with knives, but the world's greatest detective can't stop him. So that detective being, of course, Benedict Cumberbatch. He can't stop him because the Joker's not a real person, and Benedict Cumberbatch is. And Benedict so wait, Cumberbatch... Wait, hold on, hold on. He's just looking hold at... Hold on. No, he, he reads... Let Benedict me tell you. Yes. Cumberbatch is the greatest detective. Yes, the actor Benedict Cumberbatch, as you just said. So what? He is wait. just reading a Batman comic going, Ooh, I wish I could stop you. <laughs> and trying to put his fingers through the comic. And he's like, if only I had some kind of last action hero ticket that yeah, worked for yeah, comics. Yeah. What if he put but I in... would never rip a comic to get into the comic. It would ruin its resale value. <laughs> Me, the world's biggest comic collector, Benedict Cumberbatch? I feel like I love... Nicolas Cage is going to sue us for you saying that last part. <laughs> I, love... I love that the... Oh, I... Gosh, I'm the biggest comic book collector, okay? I collect comic books, and I collect illegally sourced Mongolian dinosaur skulls. <laughs> I love that Benedict Cumberbatch just goes around proclaiming him the world's biggest everything. <laughs> like, he goes into McDonald's. Uh, give me a Happy Meal. Me, Benedict Cumberbatch, <laughs> the world's biggest collector of Happy Meal no, toys. He would say, the world's biggest kid. <laughs> I may be older on the outside, but I'm young on the inside. He goes to Toys R Us. This is the place for me. I don't want to grow up. I'm Benedict Cumberbatch. <laughs> so he's just trying to convince everybody he has that Jack disease where he ages really fast. Uh, proving the old comedy adage that it's just fun to say Benedict Cumberbatch over and over again. <laughs> So, what we... Oh, there's a moment... Ah, I won't even get tired. No, forget it. I was going to talk about a moment that's not important. Let's get back to the plot. Our Suicide Squad has been assembled several times. It's off to the mission. They've been... There's a big monster who's attacking Midway City. Entrantress is opening up her portal. The Suicide Squad is told they're, gonna, they're going in to rescue some famous scientist. In actuality, they're rescuing Amanda Waller herself. And they get really mad that they've been lied to about everything. And this is all stuff that the audience has been well aware of throughout the entire movie. So when uh, Deadshot finds a binder and reads it instantly (laughs) and tells his local squatties that, uh, hey, we've been had. This isn't the the fun and games we were set up for. Uh, They're like, let's just go get a drink in a bar for a while. Because there's a lot of forced camaraderie in this movie. Mm -hmm. And I get it. It's about a team of misfits. Hey, they're not team flares, but they become team flares. Nay, they become a family. (laughs) Perhaps that's stretching it a little far. 
But there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of like forced. Uh oh, now's the moment where they start to connect. But it doesn't it doesn't quite feel like it works for me. Yeah, that that crusty, crunchy exterior has a nice soft inside. That sounds delicious, Stuart. <laughs> no. You just described the perfect meat pie. <laughs> Suicide and Mrs. Lovitz. Squad. Uh, su- Suicide Squad. So, uh, <laughs> Mrs. Lovitz. Yeah. What, a, what an out of place reference. <laughs> to no good effect. Why stop now? <laughs> we were just talking about Benedict Cumberbatch talking back to comic books. Uh, why are we, do we even care how they stop the Enchantress? No, they do it, a bunch of them. They're, they're followed by a group of real regular soldiers who, of course, exist only to be killed by the bad guys to show how bad the bad guys are. Yeah. And to highlight the, the question of why did they need the Suicide Squad? They already have a bunch of soldier dudes. Yeah, like, what is Harley Quinn going to do? That, Bonk like, him with a hammer. Yeah. And she, well, she shows you that big clown hammer, and she never uses it. She just uses a baseball bat and a pistol. Mm-hmm. Disappointing. <laughs> she pulls up her regular Harley Quinn costume. Let's get one thing straight. The old Harley Quinn. The, the, my dad's Harley Quinn. <laughs> which was my Harley Quinn because my dad wasn't watching Batman the Animated Series. That oh, original Harley why Quinn. Why not, Elliot? It's, it's pretty good. What? It's pretty good. No, it's a great show. I tried to get him to watch it. He was like, mm, uh, uh, but uh, I want to watch uh, a grown-up show. I'm more into uh, neon Evangelion whatever <laughs> McCullough. <laughs> He's like, American animation will never be as good as Japanese animation. Let's watch Ranma one half again, son. <laughs> so, the, uh, the old Harley Quinn was a beloved, lovable character. Look, she was, look, one looked like a Harlequin, so the name made sense. Two, and she was just like, Joker's crazy, <laughs> Joker's crazy henchman, but there was a, weirdly, there was more depth to that character and the way that she would occasionally feel bad about what they were doing, but she wanted the Joker's attention. Like, she was a conflicted character in a way that this Harley Quinn is not, except for one moment. Dan, do you want to describe that moment? Uh, there's a pretty good, I think there's a nice little moment where she thinks that uh, Joker has died and she's sitting on a car in the rain crying, and then the rest of the Suicide Squad comes up and she immediately puts on her uh, sexy, crazy act that she does. They're like, I don't care about anything. Hey, fellas. Yeah, and it's, a ni- it's like a little moment that actually works. It's, it's a nice character thing. So all you have to do is sit through the first <laughs> hour and 35, 40 minutes of the movie. I'm allowed. <laughs> a bad movie can have a good look, bit. Here's, look, you got to pan through a lot of dirt to find one speck of gold dust. And Dan did it. Yeah. He's a grizzled old prospector, and maybe he went insane from those months he spent on the mountain. <laughs> I said, gold! There's gold! But when he walks into town with that tiny sack of gold dust that can buy him, I guess, one ride on a pony at the local <laughs> county fair. <laughs> That's why I'm doing it. Yeah. Yep. Buttercup's going to be yours for a mere ten minutes, Dan. <laughs> Ten minutes is a long time for a pony ride. Dude, I don't ride that many ponies. Chill out. <laughs> I don't ride that many ponies. So you ride some like ponies. Like five or six, dude. <laughs> so okay. we I've only, lived a long life. We only scratched the surface of Suicide Squad, partly because we've got a time limit. If we were doing this in Dan's apartment, just the three of us, we could easily talk for four hours about this movie because there's so much stuff in it. But it's like, usually that's like, hey, we can only tell you a little bit about this movie. Go check it out. Don't bother to do that. It's like the same way that there are times every now and then when I'm like, I've never read, like, the Bhagavad Gita. Like, then I'm probably never going to do that. Like, and I'm just going to know there's a lot of interesting stuff in there I'll never know. 
I mean, if you want to see a movie where uh, a bunch of people fight a bunch of faceless blobs that are, you know, kind of easy to disintegrate, I mean, and the then at the end they uh, destroy a cosmic power by just putting a really big bomb under it. And then shooting this, the bomb. This is the movie yeah. for you, then. It's, all, it's a movie where they bring in this squad of super bad tough guys who are either given extensive backstories or literally thrown at the screen at the last minute. Like, uh, uh, like uh, when you order something in a restaurant and they leave out one component and you're like, what about this? Like, oh, it's just coming out of the kitchen right now. Okay, here you go. Like, it's like that. But they, they bring these guys with special abilities with them. And at one point, they need to dive into a flooded subway station to plant a bomb. And Killer Croc is like, give me the bomb. And the Marines or whoever they are are like, no, we'll take care of it. Why'd you bring a crocodile man? <laughs> this is the perfect time for him to pull his stuff. He took off his hooded sweatshirt for no, it and everything. No, 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 this job isn't for you. This is no, probably not. We brought you here for one reason. You're our ethics counselor. <laughs> and you're supposed to watch what we do and then report on it back to us so we can make sure we're following standard protocol. Uh, and, and most of It's these like are... Killer Croc is going on a ride-along for his crime novel that he's working on. <laughs> for his Gator, his Gator Man series of mysteries. <laughs> like, Killer Croc is... Gator Man a representation of somebody? Hey, Gator Man's just a character who spoke to me, and uh, <laughs> the character of retired detective Lou Gatorman <laughs> is just a fictional oh, he's, character. He's Jewish. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yes, I mean, it's part of, I don't explicitly talk about his Judaism, but it's something that makes the character a little richer. <laughs> you know he's dealt with prejudice on the force working in Mobile, Alabama. <laughs> Oh, jeez. So, but it's, it is a nonsensical movie. Okay. We, and so many of the action scenes and scenes in general are edited so clearly poorly. Maybe it's improved by the extended version. I'm guessing not. I mean, there's, like, when Katana gets introduced, there's a moment where... She walks onto a helicopter they're yeah. already on. <laughs> and, and Joel Kinnaman's character is, like, describing how her sword can cut everybody and it steals your soul or something. But while his character's delivering, the, delivering this monologue, you can see him in the background and his mouth isn't moving at all. <laughs> By the way, I want to know how they know that that sword steals people's souls. Like, do they have, like, a soul detector that they put up to the sword, yeah, and they're yeah. like, oh, yeah, it's in there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They yeah, read about it in soul. the zoo book. Well, because <laughs> whenever, whenever she tries to swing the sword at somebody, a window pops up that said, sorry, no more space for souls on this sword. And she's like, hold on, we got to wait with the fight. And she's scrolling through looking for old souls she can delete. Yeah. Oh, and then I got to go to the recently deleted souls album. <laughs> To really make free up the space on the phone. It's a uh, sword, but I call it a phone by accident. I couldn't even sustain that bit. <laughs> uh, we could talk for a long time, but we only have limited time here, so we, we should uh, wrap this part up with our final judgments. Suicide Squad edition. And if this was Suicide Squad, you would say final judgments, and then like some song with the word judgment would start playing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the categories are, is this a good, bad movie, a bad, bad movie, or a movie that you kind of liked? Elliot, what it's, do you have to it's say? It's hard to say, because <laughs> I didn't like it, and I didn't really enjoy watching it, but there was so much movie in there, maybe it was just too much movie for me. <laughs> like, yeah. maybe the problem was with me, not with the movie. <laughs> like, maybe I just can't handle that. So I'm going to say, bad Unless I'm wrong. (laughs) 
And I'm sure the fine wow. people on the internet will let me know if I'm wrong about their favorite movies. It was, it's amazing how movies like this... Before people they, don't have strong opinions about uh, comic book no. movies. Before these, before these movies come out, anytime they get a bad review before release, people are like, what, I get, you must hate comics. Da, 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 you don't even get it. And then as soon as this movie comes out, those, uh, those feelings evaporate into thin air. <laughs> yeah. And there's never a sorry. There's never an apology. No. Uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, what do I have to say about this? Uh, it's We've not been, a good, had your opportunity. We've been talking for a while. It's not a good movie. Uh, the one thing I will say is that Will Smith and Margot Robbie are working their asses off to sell the material. Uh, I'm a bad choice of words from Margot Robbie's character. No, I, I, I yes, I was uh, aware. Uh, uh, but I, mean, I think like, that, like, I think both of them, like, show a lot of charm, and, like, I would be happy to see her as Harley Quinn in a good movie. Like, I think she could do that. Uh, <laughs> I'd be happy to see her in a good movie, raves Dan McCoy. Yeah. No, but you're right. No, you're right. It can't... The movie is not so bad that it can't crush their charisma. Yeah, they've, those two are, like, actual, like, movie stars. Uh, the rest of it, eh, you don't need to see it. Oh, Dan! <laughs> <laughs> a cheer for Dan's indifference. <laughs> Let me tell you guys a story. (laughs) I was talking to somebody last night who uh, described Suicide Squad as a movie that made them question what was possible in movies. I mean, I they, throw a bunch of, with that. they throw a bunch of text up on the screen at different points. Well, but that, and also, there are, it is really strange how it does feel like there's whole separate movies that have been condensed down. Like, the first half of the movie feels like you're watching the, like, what happened last season on Suicide Squad. Yeah, it feels like a movie put together from a season of a TV show. There, you know, there's a, uh, I think it's in the book Slaughtermatic. There's a bit about a book that has so many hyperlinks in it, and each hyperlink takes you to the full text of another book. So you never, ever finish any of the books because you're always hyperlink. That's what, kind of what this movie was designed for, is that technology where you could be like, wait a minute, I want to watch that Harley Quinn movie. Click, and you'd watch that movie. Or like, uh, I, got, I like that Deadshot scene. Let's watch that Deadshot movie. Except that technology does not exist yet. <laughs> Except, I guess, in the form of that movie, Mr. Payback. <laughs> uh, so, uh, yeah, I didn't, I didn't like it. It's a bad, bad movie. Uh, I would like, I mean, I feel like there's some stuff I, I like. I liked Captain Boomerang. <laughs> <laughs> Even, here's the thing with Captain Boomerang. One, sure, I guess so. <laughs> but, uh, but he's like, no, there's... Is that a thing? <laughs> yeah. So he, he, he like, they, so they're all having drinks, and they're like, no, let's do this. Let's finish this mission. And he just leaves. Yeah, he's like, I deactivate the bombs, and he just immediately just leaves. There's no... Setting you up, you know he's going to come back at some climactic moment and save someone with a boomerang. He doesn't. You know what he does? The next shot, they're walking down the main street to where they're going. And Wait, he they're just... walking someplace slowly with music? <laughs> yeah. That's, this movie also could have been wa- called Walking Slowly in Ranks with, mu- with a pop song playing behind your squad. But he just steps into frame and nods to them, and they nod back, and it was like, why bother having him leave? If he's going to come back ten seconds later. So that you could do, what, the, the Rogue One movie, where it's like, what was Captain Boomerang up to in those minutes that we didn't see? <laughs> I guess we'll find out in our spinoff, not prequel, it takes place during the other movie. <laughs> And that movie is just him in the bathroom idly thumbing through a <laughs> magazine. I mean, that was if it was literally yeah, like catalog. if he walked up, he's like, <laughs> "Got it, mm. want it, got it, got it, want it." <laughs> 
if he, like, if he walked out and he was like, why'd you guys leave? I just went to the bathroom. <laughs> there's also, there's a part where he's using a remote, he's using a boomerang with a GoPro on it. And he's watching the video on his phone and the, and the camera breaks because of evil magic, I guess. And he goes, ah, and he throws the phone down. <laughs> and Stuart had the great idea. It would have been so much better if he threw the phone away and then a moment later it came back to his hand. <laughs> They call him Captain Boomerang. They call him that because everything in his, hand, in his hands becomes a boomerang. And he's just like throwing celery sticks and they come back to him. It's a blessing and a curse, clearly. <laughs> yeah, because he can never throw garbage away. Yeah. You know how you feel when you're throwing away pop, styrofoam pop, pop, packing peanuts and they won't leave your hands because of static clang? That's boomerang's life. <laughs> Not so great. Now, Done with right? this soda. Oh, man. Comes back to him. So, Dan, what do we do now? It right. seems like the dumbest power to wish for. <laughs> we were like, oh, I don't know, did he wish for it in a King Midas type scenario? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He's, he, what happened was he threw, <laughs> he threw a half-finished package of Twizzlers away, and he's like, actually, I would have finished that. I wish it would just come back to my And, and Zool is right there, and he's like, uh, or Gozer is there, and he's like, oh, shit. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dan, uh, okay, that's that. Dan, stop us before we tangent again. <laughs> Hey guys, this is Adam Conover. You may know me from my true TV show, Adam Ruins Everything. Well, guess what? Now we're doing a podcast version right here on Maximum Fun. What we do is we take all the interesting, fascinating experts that we talk to for just a couple minutes on the show, and we sit with them for an entire podcast, really going deep and getting into the fascinating details of their work. Find Adam Ruins Everything wherever you get your podcasts or at MaximumFun.org. Hi, everybody. I'm Justin McElroy. And I'm Travis McElroy. And I'm Griffin McElroy, and this is our serious promo. No horsing around, you two. If you like just three gentlemen being adults about topics and giving advice for them to them, My Brother, My Brother, and Me is a podcast for you serious-minded adults. No monkey shines, no fall to roll. Hey, let me ask you a question. How sophisticated is your palate? <laughs> you like Merlot? <laughs> Our show is basically like the Merlot and Dark Chocolate of podcasts. You gotta be grown up to like them. Our podcast is Toilet Wine. <laughs> Listen to the Toilet Wine of podcasts every Monday right here at MaximumFun.org. Next, uh, <laughs> we've got some messages uh, from people who help fund the flop house oh i like those oh, the first one comes from blue apron which uh is a service that provides food <laughs> to you really selling it for less than ten dollars <laughs> per person per meal blue apron delivers seasonal recipes along with pre-portioned ingredients to make delicious home-cooked meals uh coming up on the blue apron recipe lineup you got your seared chicken and creamy pasta salad with summer squash and sweet peppers. That sounds delicious. Mm. A cr- you got creamy shrimp rolls with quick pickles and sweet potato wedges. I don't know what a quick pickle is, but I want it. Can't be quick enough for me. Yeah. Get it over here. It's not like those slow pickles. You got to sit there and you got to wait for them. Or as they're also known, pickles. Yeah. You got fresh basil fettuccine pasta with sweet corn and cubanelle pepper. <laughs> okay. Stuart Sound says it all. And lastly... Coming up, you got uh, your chili butter steaks with Parmesan potatoes and spinach. And here's the here's the difference about Blue Apron. One, you don't got to go nowhere. The food mm-hmm. comes to you. 
Are you you ain't got to go nowhere. Eh? Are you a shut-in? Are you a homebody? Are you an old person? Have you just had a baby? You are don't you have time to go grocery shopping? Nobody does. In this fast-paced world, nobody has time to go grocery shopping. It's why retail is going down the toilet these days. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Millennials gross- are killing retail. Yeah, with their avocado toast and whatever. Mm-hmm. And they're not getting jobs and playing video games instead. Now, the food comes to you. You don't even have to put your pants on. You can just wait till the mailman like leaves that. and go outside and get it yourself, pantsless. Number two, you got to cook it. Yeah. But you know what you don't got to do? You don't got to measure the ingredients. No. Everyone's least favorite part of cooking, measuring those damn ingredients. You don't have to get out all your little spoons that are the different sizes. You don't have to get out a measuring cup. You can use a regular cup, pour some beer in it, drink that. Because you know what? You can be a little tipsy because you don't have to measure anything. That's great. Just take the little containers they give you, dump them in. Beautiful. Okay. Third thing, it tastes delicious. It's all seasonal. You know what that means? They're not going to be giving you winter food in the summer. They're not going to give you spring food in the fall. They're going to give you food from that season, the way nature meant you to eat it. And number four, look at how cheap it is. Less than $10 per person per meal. No one can eat that cheap unless you're dumpster diving. Mm-hmm. Dan, do you want to dive in a dumpster or do you want delicious food pre-sorted pre, uh, out in terms of recipe size delivered to your door? Just two oh, options. Where is this dumpster located? Not in your house. You got to leave your house. Put some pants on. All right. If there's pants involved, I want blue apron instead. That's right. Just imagine Dan wearing nothing but a blue apron, no pants, <laughs> and go to, what is it, blueapron.com? Uh, blueapron.com slash flophouse. Blueapron.com slash flophouse. Check out this week's menu and get your first three meals free with free shipping by going to blueapron.com slash flophouse. That's blueapron.com slash flophouse. Your mouth will thank you and your butt will thank you because it doesn't have to have pants on. Uh, Elliot, I believe you've got a Jumbotron. I do have a Jumbotron. There's a Jumbotron message today. This message is for Will. Hey. And the message is from Meredith. Hey. So Will, open up those ear holes, because Meredith's going to shoot some words into them. Okay. Gross. Uh, again, what if it was a gun that's shooting the words? Okay. Dear Will, happy 30th birthday. I've had so much fun with you these past two years, going for long bike rides, eating eggs, and listening to the Flophouse together. Congratulations on becoming an old man. You are my favorite boyfriend, and I love you, Meredith. P.S. If Elliot would... would if Elliot would... Oh, I see there's an if there that shouldn't be there. Elliot, would you sing a song about how cool Will is? It would make his year. I gotta do it, you guys. You know I gotta I'm do it. I'm legally obligated. I'm legally and morally and divinely religiously obligated. Will the Eggmaster requires it. <clears throat> Is there a cooler guy than Will? If there has, then I haven't met him still. He can cook some eggs. He can ride a bike. There's a lot of things that he likes that I like, like the Flophouse. And so for 10 years of the Flophouse, it's 30 years of Will. There's been three times as much Will as Flophouse. Flophouse is only one-third as much as Will. So, Will, you're three times as cool as the coolest thing in the school, which is the Flophouse. Boy, is that Will guy cool. He eats eggs. Thanks. <laughs> and his that. girlfriend sounds cool, too. Yeah, he eats eggs. Uh, that's great. You know what? Fraser may not know what to do with that tossed salad and scrambled eggs, but Will knows what to do. Eat it. Yeah. Unless, is that a sex thing that Fraser's singing about? Uh, that's is a that, good question. Is that the toss salad he's singing about? I don't know what scrambled eggs means. No. <laughs> you don't want to know. <laughs> okay, don't tell me. Um, so, uh, we've also got a few announcements, right? 
Uh, well, we've got one thing to announce that I can think of. Yeah. Right, well, well we got two things. First off, the Flophouse is doing an international live show in Toronto, Canada, but it's already sold out, I hear. Mm. So I guess keep checking that site to, if you live in Canada to see if there's like uh, if there's returns Go and maybe a seat's open. Yeah, which which is I think just called uh, StubHub A. It's just called HockeyTickets.com. <laughs> StubHub A. Uh, and we uh, and we also just want to remind everybody if you haven't, you can go check out uh, the Flophouse Funnies, a series of comics that we do. Uh, they're digital comics that you can download off of our website, theflophousepodcast.com. Um, and uh, between us and a variety of incredibly talented people, a bewildering and astonishing. Uh, array of talent We've has been, been helping out us. Some stuff and uh, all the money from those go to the ACLU. Yeah, after expenses are paid, after everything expenses. goes to the ACLU. So far, we've donated over four thousand dollars. Crazy from from these comic sales, but we want to keep donating more in these times. Uh, and I believe I speak for most of our listening audience. Uh, in these times, the American Civil Liberties Union's work is more needed than ever, and so we want to support them. If you want to support them and get some crazy comic stories by your favorite pals, the Flophouse, then please do that. Go to, what's the website, Dan? Uh, it's www.flophousepodcast.com. And so we put out three comics, and we actually have three more. In the works. Kind of in the works, yeah. We had the three we did have before were on the theme of horror, three different types of horror stories. And should we reveal the theme for these next sure. three? Sure, yeah, do it, do The it. theme is love. Yeah. The, the opposite of horror, maybe the least horrible thing, <laughs> unless you're afraid of commitment, that it's the scariest yeah. thing. Uh, we're going to do three very different takes on the concept of love in comic book form. So get ready for that. They'll be coming out one at a time, and you'll have your chance to donate through those. But the horror issues are still available. And if people like these and keep helping us make money for a good cause, then we'll probably keep doing them. Yeah. Uh, uh, And we should mention also that we can't announce them yet, but we are going to have some other upcoming live show dates uh, to announce in parts of the country that we've never (laughs) performed in before. I think we can... I think we can say where. We just can't. We don't have the full go ahead to say when. I don't think. I don't know. Let's just say. Let's just say it's the uh, West Coast. Let's say. Yeah. Let's narrow it down to the not the coast we're used to going to. Yeah. So keep your ears open for uh, West Coast flop house dates. If you want to go to In and Out Burger, they have them there. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Let's just say. Also, if you want to get something in a bread bowl, they have them there as well. I mean, you can you, you can, can get that, that pretty anywhere, much anywhere. Right? Bread bowl? I, what's the fuck? I'm. It's a regional thing that's it's famous. A regional for, thing? Uh, no, but it's like really? famous for Cause, a city. Because uh, I've thought of a treat from that city that it's not bread bowls. Mm-hmm. Is, can you get it a Roni style? <laughs> you certainly can. <laughs> Roni it up. So yeah, that's that Bobby Brown song. <laughs> <laughs> it's my house on Roni it up. So those are some hints <laughs> about two cities that will never guess. You're right. You got me. It's Albuquerque and Des Moines. Uh, so I think those were all our announcements. Uh, yeah, we uh, yeah. Before our time runs out, we have a next uh, part of the show, which is taking a few questions. Oh, I just rammed the microphone into my face. Uh, <laughs> Taking a few questions. We have about 20 minutes for that, I think. Roughly. Maybe uh, a little less. 
okay. a microphone over here. If anyone would like to ask anyone... us a question about anything in the world, it's over there. But first, my preamble. Anyone who's been to see us before will be familiar with this one. But I'll tell you anyway. Here's a little thing I like to do when I'm at a Q&A. It saved me a lot of trouble. It'll save all of us a lot of trouble. If you're getting ready to ask a question, people have lined up. <laughs> first, think about that question. And then think to yourself, if I was not me, and I heard somebody else ask this question... Would I care? <laughs> Often, the answer is no. It, take the opportunity to think of another question or sit down. I've been All at right. too many Q&As where it's like, first, I'm going to tell you for 10 minutes why your work uniquely appeals to me and we should be friends. <laughs> uh, Woody Allen. <laughs> All right. Uh, it's yeah. someone who's never going to be friends with you is what I'm saying. Yeah, and just... <laughs> how, how many... Not us... I'm talking about Woody Allen. How many of you want to hang out with You're Woody Allen? You're wasting our time. You're wasting the audience's time. Okay, sorry. That's uh, the show, basically. <laughs> yeah, so keep it pithy. What, what, uh, yeah, what, what do you have to say? <laughs> so real quick, Elliot, as per your tweet First off, what's your me, name, last name withheld? Peter, last name withheld. Hi, Excellent. Peter. Thanks for coming. Thank you. Uh, per your tweet back, I don't want to hesitate asking for your autograph since... You're going to be out of here, you said. Oh, probably. Well, I'll stick around for a couple minutes after. So okay. Don't worry. Thank you. So my question is, and yours too, Dan. I already have stewards. Um, oh, okay. Oh. Well. So now he we already know the has or- mine, dudes. Now, now we know the order of favorites. Stu on top, of course. Me, comfortable in the middle. And then, you know, whoever. So... <laughs> uh, after over your 200 question, episodes, uh, which one are your, like, which ones did you have the most fun recording, like, individual, like, Elliot, I'm sure you have a different one from Dan, and et cetera. Uh, which, most fun recording? Yeah. The live shows are the most fun to record. <laughs> Brooklyn, Brooklyn. Pander. I don't know. I mean, the movies that break us the most, like, Oogie Loves or the, something like that. <laughs> I'm, gonna, I'm gonna jump in here, guys. Okay, take it, take it. I think the take most fun I had watching a movie and then, uh, and talking about it with these guys was... Uh, Easy Rider 2, The Ride Back. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That was a good one. Like, that, la- that last, like, third of the movie just broke me. When <laughs> that old man's little bottom lip quivers, <laughs> like, I, could, I laughed the whole way until the mics came out. When so- there's just a shot of him getting a haircut from his daughter-in-law for no reason. <laughs> 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 uh. I don't have a good answer, so in the interest of moving things along, if you have one... Yeah, one of the one, crazy ones. One of the ones that break us. All when, right. when we're doing Oogie Loves or Food Fight, and we're crawling back over the ash heap of our lives together. Yeah. <laughs> or something that's got catchy songs, like Brett's. Yeah, moving right along. Thanks, Peter. All right, next question. Hurry it up. Let's go, people. Come on. All right. You don't have all day. Let's wow. do this. Okay, hurry it up. File through. Okay. Oh, uh, hi. Hey, uh, my name's Antu. I've come from the land of Captain Boomerang to ask this question. Whoa, oh, thank wow. you. So he, is he, like, famous there? He's everyone's favorite superhero? He's on the currency, Elliot. <laughs> the rubber currency it must never be, gets wet. It must be so galling to be like, finally, an Australian superhero. Oh, he's a boomerang. I get it. Because <laughs> every American superhero throws hot dogs at people. Oh, his superpowers, he throws shrimps at people. <laughs> no, only onto Barbies. Oh, okay. Uh, so my question is, it involves uh, the Stuart Gordon film Reanimator, and... Um, Seen it. <laughs> <laughs> so me and a friend think that 
the premise of that movie would make a great three-camera sitcom. sitcom. Um, <laughs> like you guys has, are right. The, <laughs> yeah, as the straight man with the, the, the lead character who's in med school and his pesky roommate who ruins everything by trying to bring back the dead. Uh, what, would, what movie would you pick to turn into a three-camera sitcom? Oh, that's a good question. That's a good question. Yes, that, is, uh, that deserves super applause. Super this is how applause. you know Elliot is vamping. He repeats, that's a good question twice. That is a good, well, it's a good question because it's a stumper. Uh, yeah. What is a good sitcom movie? I think, uh, well, I mean, did they ever try to make Big into a show? If he doesn't turn back and he's just a man, he's just a child stuck in a man's body, that's a sitcom right there. And they call it Big, the show. <laughs> He's a little boy in a man's body sleeping with normal-aged women. <laughs> okay, you know what? You're right. I forgot about that part. <laughs> don't, don't, not big. Okay. Oof. Ooh. Forgot about that part. I just remembered him working at the toy company. Uh, I'm just like, in my head, I'm just like running through like movie Every title. Movie? Uh, uh, the like, Fugitive. Uh, uh, Blue Velvet. Uh, uh, Dirty the Dinosaur. Um... Trouble with the curve. Uh, that thing you do. Trouble with uh, the curve. Uh, a League of Their the Own. Most, I mean, A League of Their Own would make a great... A League of Their Own might be a good that'd one. Be good, I don't know about three cameras sitcom, but that'd be a good series, like about a, a woman's baseball team. But, I mean, League of Their Own did that great, so I don't know what there is more to do with it. See them play other games? Like, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it just shows the same people, but not playing baseball. Like, afterwards, it's just like, okay, well, now we're back to our normal lives. Like, why are we following these characters so anymore? Like, I don't understand. It's like After Mesh, the hit show <laughs> yeah. After Mesh. So yeah. then I'm going to say Suicide Squad. That was a great question. <laughs> uh, then we should, I think we're not going to come up with any better answers, so thank you very much. All right, thank you. Thanks, Thanks. so much for coming all this way. Awesome. Hello. Hey. It's, it's me, Liz, last name withheld. Hello. I'm here again. <laughs> Back again. <laughs> I haunt this podcast like a poltergeist. <laughs> a um, poltergeist. I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> it's not even a pun. Doesn't work. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, we made you the pun police. <laughs> I believe this bad. Oh, the FBI. <laughs> What if I... You were going like a, a vampire. <laughs> what if I had a badge, Elliot? Wouldn't that have been great if I actually had a prop badge? And you've just been waiting for years <laughs> for, for years. a chance to use it. <laughs> Every ready. morning, you just, you're just you like putting, getting dressed, walking out to work. Oh, I, shit, I forgot my prop badge. i got to walk back from the subway I say, station. I say, just in case. I say sadly to myself, maybe today, maybe today. <laughs> Uh, I gotta make it. I gotta make this dollar twenty nine that I spent on this worth it. Your question was. I do have a question. Okay, now. (laughs) Sorry to waste your time. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I don't know why I turned into Morton Daniels. If you had to assemble your own team of motley supervillains to do whatever it was they were trying to do in Suicide Squad, so I wasn't sure because I was real drunk when I saw that movie. and you could only choose from villains who had appeared in movies that were featured in the Flophouse. <laughs> oh, oh somebody, I I, literally yeah. someone behind her in line collapsed. <laughs> yes. In horror and fear that that had been their question, I think. Uh, I knew it was a good idea to run up here because oh. somebody else was going to have the same dumb yeah. question. Oh. Uh, 
Yeah. So, wow. Yeah. And then assembling yeah. a suicide squad of villains from Flophouse movies. Well, Bobby well, Wobbly be, has to be in there. Bobby Wobbly. I mean, technically, <laughs> he's not, not a, villain. a villain, but he is a villain. You know, you're putting in the the the, the popular girl from Bratz. You know it. Yeah. You know it, and her power is that she can buy anything. She's super rich. <laughs> And she always goes into musical numbers. She bought an elephant. She bought an elephant for her party. And you know she just killed that elephant afterwards. <laughs> it's not, and it's not like then she put on like an elephant meat feast for the homeless. Like she just dumped it in her what, pool. She, she, she killed it with emotional neglect? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so yeah, Bobby Wobbly, the rich girl from Brett's. Uh, seven pounds of made up villain. A, our made up characters. Okay, then I guess five head also. <laughs> <laughs> The corrector, exactly. The corrector. Now it's just flop. Okay, we should do characters from movies. <laughs> Not just it, stupid characters we made up on our dumb show. <laughs> what other... Uh, it's hard to think of, like, villains from these movies. Oh, one of the... Oh, the, the crazy uh, Christopher Lloyd character from Food Fight, who I guess, is oh, yeah. a, who I guess is a wild-eyed robot. Sure, the snake man from Jonah Hex. <laughs> uh, no. Stop shouting movies at me. Yeah. If you wanted to answer this question, you do a podcast for almost 10 years. God damn. We earned this question. We've wasted our lives. <laughs> we, don't even re- we don't even remember the villains. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, let's name one more. We've got a pretty good team here. Uh-huh. Okay. Let's name one more. Uh, what's a movie we watched? <laughs> um, uh, Lex Luthor doesn't count. What? Tango and Chad. Oh, oh, Jack yeah. Palance from Tango and Chad. Jack Palance and, and the English guy that they blow yeah. up. Yeah, that guy's yeah. great. And Robert Zadar's in that. Yeah, and James Hunt. You know what? Let's just do all the villains from Tango and Cash. Yeah. <laughs> Guys, let's just watch Tango let's and Cash. Let's watch Tango and Cash. Let's just watch yeah. Tango and Cash. Thank you for the question. Woo! Of course, TNC. BME, best movie ever. Hey guys, I am the guy who collapsed. Uh, my idea was that Bradley Cooper from Burnt finished shucking his two millionth oyster and was assembling a suicide squad, but I got a backup. Oh, that's pretty good. Uh, that's my backup good. question is, uh, obviously there's a lot of speculation over what would be the plot of the flop house of the movie, and a very popular one is a body swap movie, so my question is, <laughs> there's two ways that this could go. Okay. Which body, which way do you pick, and what is the heartwarming lesson that each of you learn from being in another person's body? All right, interesting. Okay. That's tough, but that's oh, tough but fair. Tough but fair. Well, clearly, clearly, I want to be Stuart because he's the tallest. <laughs> and you know what? I think I'm going to learn it's not so easy being tall. <laughs> You bump your head into stuff? You bump your head. You can, can, you, can you just walk under the turnstile at subway stations? Because I can. No, I, I have See, to pay I, for it. Okay. I wanted to be Stuart so I could learn that being beautiful isn't everything. <laughs> but, uh, I want to be both you guys. <laughs> your soul splits between the two of us. <laughs> My bottom half goes into Elliot. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, so are we, like, sharing a, the space, then? It's like an all-of-me type situation? Yeah, you can yeah, ride like... on Dan's shoulders in my body. <laughs> it's like the old, like, reincarnation problem, where it's just, like, there used to be, like, so many fewer people that, like, all those people must be, like, split between several people at this point because there's so many people you out there. You can be reincarnated as an animal, Dan. So, guys, yeah, we both want to be inside problem. my body. <laughs> What? Yeah, we both want to be inside you. So, 
no what other way valuable to put it. lesson are you going to learn for other than yeah? What valuable lesson will you learn? Uh, we told you it's all about appearance, Stuart. <laughs> oh right, <laughs> oh, I'm great. And then I'll <laughs> and then I'll jump into Dan's body and just do all sorts of crazy stuff that he has to deal with the consequences Aww. of later. <laughs> You'll uh, realize that it isn't gr- it isn't a lot of fun to be interrupted all the time. No. Uh, yeah, and I'll sometimes be- it's hard to read words on a page. <laughs> Sometimes it is, guys. So that sometimes it's harder to speak clearly when you do literally you, have the words in front of your face. Do you realize how drunk I am? <laughs> and uh, clearly, the lesson you would learn from me is that the truest treasure is fatherhood. Okay. Uh, I th- I think we have enough time to quickly go through the three people that are in the line. Nobody so else joined the line. That's it. Nobody is. So. Uh, yeah. No one. No one's running up there. Uh, Jeremy, last, win- uh, last name withheld. Uh, you mentioned in your critique of this how much pop music was in it, and I think Watchmen, another comic book movie, was known, uh, there was a lot of discussion about its sort of jukebox feel for the, its music selection. And I can't think about the word jukebox without thinking about karaoke. I know you guys have a penchant for it. So what do you think is the movie with the most singable official soundtrack? Brad's. <laughs> No, that's not true. That's uh, uh, I've been doing a it's lot. It's got La Cucaracha in it, dude. I mean, yeah, I... It's purely purely because uh, my son's been into it a lot. I've been seeing a lot of the Muppet movie, a lot of the Muppet movie, and those those words are surprisingly difficult. But when you get them, there's such a feeling of accomplishment. When you know the words to "Can You Picture That," a song which makes no sense. I mean, I know that like Jeremy has been present at a karaoke night where I've sung. Not one, but multiple songs from Little Shop of Horrors. So I think that that's I my mean, choice. Both you guys listen musicals, right? Does yeah, I mean, I, sure. Why if not? The, if it's a movie. We're making the rules. So yeah. We've got the microphones. And I'm gonna, you can't be like and I'm Hamilton. I'm going to break those rules again. Because I'm going to say the movie that I listen to the soundtrack the most of. I'm going to change the question entirely. <laughs> <laughs> that's not what was asked. I'm going to say probably The Crow. <laughs> <laughs> What? <laughs> what are you? It's got an awesome edgy soundtrack, dude. <laughs> Pop it in. Uh, all right, you asked for it. You, you like Joy Division? There's a Nine Inch Nails cover of a Joy Division song. Yeah. All right, so Stewart's a teen girl in the '90s. Let's go on. Sure. <laughs> all right. So my uh, first statement is: I've been to about two or three of these, and this is by far the largest crowd you guys have had. Woo! Thank you. Right at the Bell House. Right, all right. That's so that when the media tries to distort it, <laughs> we got an eyewitness on the scene. Not to bring it back to the Suicide, suicide Squad too much, but if you guys had to give one Nicholas Cage villain <laughs> to be part of this movie to lead this team, who would it be? Oh, Nicholas Cage villain. Oh. And Stuart, if you can give us a flop house cat. Uh, house cat. A flop house house cat. Hey. <laughs> the people who have never heard the podcast are so baffled by why that got applause. I remember when we first started getting fan letters for the house cat, who is was just a sound. <laughs> but okay, is Nick- he Elliot, or is he so much more than that? <laughs> I'd like to tell you a story. No. So a Nicolas Cage villain. Now, villain from our movies? So a or? villain from a Nicolas Cage movie. Because i got to say, asking. the villain from Stolen, who has like a robot leg. Yeah, the cockroach man. Yeah. 
I mean, it's just that he, he lost a leg and he has a metal leg, but... Suicide Squad, I mean, their Although, powers are that they can hit people with stuff. I mean, so. uh, what, uh, Julianne Moore as a bedreadlocked dragon lady in... Oh, right, and witch killer? No, Sor- Swords Guy? Sorcerer's Seventh no, Son. it wasn't Sorcerer's Seventh Son. He wasn't seven, even in that no, it movie. Wasn't I was son. wrong. It was oh, like, my it God. Was like the, it was like, oh, what, what was that movie called? What have I been doing? Seventh Son. With, no, it, uh, Seventh Son I thought was the one with Se- Jeff Bridges. He's not even in that movie. What's the one? It's like Seventh Son, but it's not. People are yelling out. No one knows. People are yelling out 50 different movies. <laughs> Clearly, Let's just only cons- history will judge. <laughs> Let's just say it was called Gone with the Witch. Anyway, <laughs> but that's a good choice. Dan? Uh, is, uh, was it the bad lieutenant kind of the villain of his own movie? Yes. That's the yes. That's the point. That's why he's a bad lieutenant. I would love to see. I would love to see him hallucinating iguanas while leading a team of Suicide Squad. I mean, frankly, like Nicholas Cage in Bad Lieutenant is the Joker performance Jared Leto should have had in this movie. Yeah, like he's crazy. When the moment when he goes, they shoot that guy, and they go, "Is he?" And he goes, "Shoot him again." I can still see his soul dancing. Like <laughs> that's the thing a Joker would say. Like that's the thing a Joker would yeah. say. One of them Jokers. One of them midnight. Pokers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right, we got one last question. Oh, shit. Hey, guys, my f- it's my f- yeah, it's my first time here. Uh, my name is Matt. Uh, thoroughly entertaining, unbelievable. Oh, thank you. Are you guys? The only question is, are you guys going anywhere after to have a beer? <laughs> wow. Interesting. You guys, well, want to have a real beer setup. somewhere? Seems like some kind it's of a real plant. setup. Mm. So, uh, what an interesting thank unsolicited you, Matt, question. My business partner, last name withheld. <laughs> Uh, yeah, so after the show, we're doing an after party at a bar called Hinterlands. Woo! Now, do you, have, you. do you have any connection to this bar, Stuart? Uh, wait, are you a cop? <laughs> Dan, you have to tell him if he asks. That's the law. That's a myth. That's, a, that's an urban legend. He's gonna urban pull, law. He's going to pull his badge out again. <laughs> Two uses in one night? Uh, I was right to make that wish. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, we're doing an after party at Hinterlands tonight. Uh, it's not too hard to get there if you take the FRG train from the 9th Street stop, 4th Avenue and 9th Street. Very close uh, to you. A cab also well, is not that expensive. Is. And if you have also spoken to me about a cab, my lovely wife Charlene will be at the front door of this establishment. <laughs> this, is, this is all going to be really useful for the people listening to this at home later on. You'll edit it out, Dan. You edit a lot of these, nope. right? <laughs> <laughs> nope, staying in. Old Dan 739 Church McCoy. Avenue. <laughs> I will talk over Elliot's joke. Yeah. You all have Google Maps. Just put hinterlands into there. No, it'll send them to some kind of uncivilized wasteland. <laughs> some forest somewhere. Yeah, yeah. We live here now, Dan. <laughs> uh, You're so a forest person now. We've managed to go only five minutes over time. That's amazing. That's amazing, right? So, and it's all thanks to these wonderful people at the Bell House. It's a place we like to be. And let's hear it for the wonderful people at the Bell House. I don't think, I don't think, I don't think I've ever seen a mouse at the Bell House. I wouldn't know if I'd seen a louse at the Bell House. I saw a person wearing a blouse at the bell house. I'm sorry, I just my soul left my body there for a second. 
I guess what I'm saying is, Dan. Yeah. Thank you to everybody. Thank you for, for everybody making this coming possible. Out. Thank you to the Bell House. Thank you to our, our sound man. Thank you to Matt Carmen, who's uh, running tech for us. Uh, and uh, for the Flop House, I've been Dan McCoy. I've been Stuart Wellington. And. Oh, God. <laughs> you learn a lot of things about yourself in a Jesus life. Jesus Christ. <laughs> and I think the thing I've they learned have to is. Clean up. <laughs> Then I'm Elliot Kalin. Good night, everybody. Good night, everyone. Hello? Hello? If you threaten to extend your violence, this earth of yours shall be reduced to a burned-out cinder. That's from the day the earth stood still. (laughs) Matt has such a blank look on his face right now. (laughs) I mean, I would expect with these really great jokes that he would be fucking correct. How's my level? How's my level? No, my level. Mine. Give me me my level. What's my level? No, Dan's level's bad. Mine's level's good. Mine's level. level. (laughs) Yeah, I'm taking Jar Jar lessons. Mesa level is... Wow, that's a... Topical. MaximumFun.org Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.